Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. Please pray with me. Oh Lord, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do to obey your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel lesson today is taken from the 26th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning at verse 14. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I betray him to you? They paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment, he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where do you want us to make the preparation for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him, one after another, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. Judas, who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. He replied, You have said so. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never again drink this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Five weeks ago, Carol and I celebrated our 63rd wedding anniversary at one of our very favorite Pasadena restaurants. It was a Friday night, and that is a favorite restaurant for many, many people in this community. So to be sure I had a reservation, I went to an app on my iPhone called Open Table. And with just a few clicks of my finger, I secured 
just the reservation I wanted, six o'clock on a Friday night at our favorite restaurant. And so on August 29, Carol and I ate and drank, thanks to Open Table. In just a few minutes, we will invite you to the Lord's Open Table. Now, no doubt you've seen the sign in many restaurants, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. How many of you have seen that sign? Oh, almost all of you, sure. You will not see that sign at this table. Not according to Jesus, who said people will come from east and from west, from north and from south, that is to say, from every point of the compass, and sit at table in the kingdom of God. In a world increasingly divided, as nations turn in upon themselves, we testify to a God who so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And in fact, Christianity blankets the globe today. As Pastor Becca said just a few moments ago, the Lord's table has to have more and more and more leaves to accommodate all who are believing in Christ and coming to the table today on World Communion Sunday. The Pew Research Center estimates that there are 2.18 billion Christians in the world today, out of a total population of 6.9 billion people. Now, that means that almost one in three persons alive today is a follower of Jesus the Nazarene, including, including persons from every Islamic nation. Yes, Islam is officially opposed to Christianity, and yet the gospel of Jesus Christ is penetrating that opposition today, and thousands of Muslims, thousands, are turning in faith to Jesus Christ. My neighbor and good friend Dudley Woodbury is in Thailand today. Dr. Woodbury is the former dean of the School of Intercultural Studies, at Fuller Theological Seminary, and today he is speaking to over 300 Muslim Christian leaders from every Muslim country in the world. As never before in history, communion is an open table to the world. And I want to tell every one of you today that Communion is also an open table to you, to every one of you. Though if you're anything like me, there's a little voice whispering and at times shouting to your conscience, an accusatory voice, who do you think you are? As stained by sin as you are, how can you presume to sit with Jesus? 
Jesus, who is the epitome of perfection, Jesus, who is perfection personified. Martin Luther heard that voice. As was announced earlier, we were celebrating the 500, five, yes, the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And Luther, that towering figure of the Reformation, shortly after being ordained, was officiating at his very first communion service. And in the middle of that service, he became absolutely paralyzed by fear. Who am I, he wrote, who am I that I should lift up my eyes or raise my hands to the divine majesty, for I am dust and ashes and full of sin. Ever hear that voice? I have and do. And yet if perfection were required before you and I come to the table, Jesus would have been the only one sitting there at the upper room. Judas would not have been there. His pockets were already bulging with the coins of betrayal. But Judas was there, and the fourth gospel records Jesus singling him out among all the others as if to say, Judas, I know what you're planning. But in spite of that, I love you. In spite of that, I still want you to be part of my band of brothers. And if Jesus served Judas that night, will he not serve you and me? Peter was there in the upper room. Just a few hours later, he would vehemently deny that he'd ever met Jesus, let alone been one of his disciples. Yet Peter shared the meal that night. James and John were there. Just about a week earlier, they had persuaded their mother to lobby Jesus for preferential places in his future government. Declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Talk about arrogance. James and John had it in spades, and yet they were at the table. Thomas was there. On Easter Sunday, he would refuse absolutely to believe the others when they said, we have seen the Master alive. Unless I can see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Thomas the skeptic was there. And there were seven others. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, and Simon. Every last one of them ran for their lives when Jesus was arrested. Not one of them showed up at the trial to testify in Jesus' behalf. And with the exception of John, they were conveniently absent when Jesus was crucified. And yet, all twelve were welcome at the table in the upper room. Communion is not for the sinless. 
for the simple reason that there aren't any. There was only one sinless person in the history of humanity, and he went to the cross to atone for our sins. And so we may partake of this meal today, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Not because of anything we have done, but because of everything that he has done in our behalf. Are you to any degree a follower of Jesus today? Well then, however strong or weak your faith, however informed or ignorant your theology, however fervent or fitful your prayers, you are welcome to have supper with the family of God. And if you won't take my word for it, here is Jesus' final invitation on the very last page of the Bible. The Spirit and the bride say, come. And let anyone who hears say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty, come. The Lord's Supper is an open table. And so in the name of Jesus, come.